Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing Together with Anne-Marie Powell and Claire Dennis. Hello and thanks very much for joining us in our gardening programme, Growing Together. I'm Claire Venice and I'm with, of course, the lovely Anne-Marie Powell. Hi Anne-Marie, how are you? I'm fine, but I really miss you, Claire. <laughs> I know, we're recording remotely, aren't we? We're not sat in your lovely garden like we have been in the past. Oh, but it is nice to be able to chat to you about plants. And I don't feel like you're far away because you remember those hydrangeas? You gave them to me a couple of months ago now and they're in the same room and I'm looking at them right now. They dry beautifully and they've still got quite a lot of colour on them. So that you're keeping company in a way. <laughs> that's nice to hear. Actually, it's funny because the room I'm in, the hydrangeas are in here as well. So uh, that's nice to know that we're in the same rooms with hydrangeas. So at least there is a connection. I think it's really lovely as well uh, with this radio programme is that we're talking to lots of people who are looking at similar things at the same time of year and it kind of brings us all together, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, and actually, especially now, it's a hard time, isn't it, really? I'm not really enjoying this lockdown at all, but looking to February and things we can start doing in the garden, you know, I'm I'm raring to go. I've got itchy fingers. I know what you mean. I mean, when we went into the last lockdown, so the weather was really warm, wasn't it, and balmy. But it is going to come back. And now is the time that we can really start planning to grow all of that hope again. So I actually quite am enjoying now this time of year because I'm starting to see all of the fruit of my labours are starting to come through the ground. I mean, all those tulips and daffodils and goodness knows what that I planted in October. They're just starting to poke their heads up through the earth. It's lovely to go out and have a look. Yeah. Yes, I've been doing that on my walks. I've been looking, desperately looking at the ground to see signs of spring coming up. And there are, well, already we've had snowdrops and there are more to come, which I can't wait for. It It is so worth doing that, isn't it, in the autumn to plant those bulbs. And like you said, kind of almost forget what you have put in the ground to be surprised when they pop up again later in spring. I wish I could forget what I put in the ground. I'm out there constantly checking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you them. planted loads didn't you <laughs> i did yeah i planted literally thousands <laughs> and my garden isn't really that big so i hope that when everything comes up that you can come around to have a look but there are some gorgeous things out in the gardens at the moment i was at wisley a socially distant essential site visit there and there's tons of things going walking through there i mean it's quite an unusual one but do you know enchiansis that's yes i do out really lovely lovely plants and in my mm-hmm. front garden here I've got witch hazel that's out and dancing through all of the miserable rain and cold and the winds that we've been having recently and I've got a gorgeous alcococca by my front door horrible name they call it sweet box but it's got the tiniest white flowers but the biggest scent and I think now January and February are really the seasons or the season for our winter flowering shrubs do you grow any? I have. I have hellebores. So I don't know if that really mm. counts, but I do have quite a few hellebores in the garden right now, which I do love because they're flowering and I have different colours, the purples mm. and the whites, which I just I longingly look at whenever I pop out there, you know, try and sort of yeah. advert my eyes from the bare ground and the mud and the they're bare trees. They're quite hard to cut, but... aren't they, so the hellebores? Do you ever cut them from inside? They flop. 
I don't, I just leave them to do their own thing actually because I love them and I love them when they get huge with the, the leaves going crazy and I know you're supposed to cut the leaves back but I just leave them because I just cut I love seeing back. something flowering and growing. Should I cut them cut back? Cut them back. Honestly, they look so much better with all that foliage gone because you've got the foliage now. I know it's brilliant and evergreen but as soon as mine starts sort of pushing through their head, you cut all the foliage off. A, it's better for the plant because they, they do, like most of our plants at the moment, they, also, they do succumb to, I think it's a virus so if you cut off all of the leaves and it gets rid of any decaying foliage that will attract any kind of pestilence as it were but it really does show the flowers up because I think when they're kind of nodding heads aren't they on the whole if they've got a whole load of foliage around them you can't really appreciate them as much get out there (laughs) I'll do that (laughs) I mean that's Actually, that's good advice because there are some things you can do in the garden in February, aren't there? Grab a pair of secateurs and cut back a few. Well, you can cut back some shrubs. You can cut back your roses if you haven't already done that. You can prune your hedges. There's some fruit bushes. If you haven't cut down your raspberry canes from the autumn, you need to cut those down to the ground. There's a few jobs you can do in February if you're itching to get out there. There's loads of things that you can be doing. So it is the time of the big cutback. As our bulbs are coming up, my perennials, all of the straggly grace is coming out <laughs> i want to see those bulbs when they come through i leave a lot of perennials as you know to kind of stand because it's brilliant for wildlife but now the bulbs are coming up i'm chopping it all down to the ground because i don't want to even attempt to get onto those borders and kind of tiptoe through the tulips and <laughs> the risk of flattening them <laughs> so it's a really good idea to now start thinking about if you haven't done already just having a bit of a tidy up in the garden you write roses that's key particularly with your climbing roses it's a good time to train your roses as well. I did mine actually this weekend. Did you plant your bare root rose actually, your second one? No, I still haven't got it. And I know there's just about time. I need to buy a pot, which I've been a bit lax at, at doing, but I do need to do that because I am aware that that bare root season is drawing closely. Not quite yet, but it's coming close, isn't it? So I need yeah, to get looking to get that, definitely. I've got a number of climbing roses, but I do have one that climbs up the front of the house, which I haven't cut back down yet and I need to because it's a ladder job. So I'm a bit nervous about doing mm. that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do be careful always. But the best way, to get your climbing roses to flower really prolifically is and I don't know if it goes around your door so it might be trickier to do this but is, you know all the stems that come out of your rose try and get them as close to horizontal as you possibly can and if you've got a rose going on a wall a climbing one or a rambler or any climber actually for that matter if you try and get all of the growth to just grow horizontal or at 45 degrees from horizontal what it means is that those like those um, stems are called laterals and that's where they throw up all of their flowering stem. So with roses particularly, it's most noticeable. If you train them horizontally, you'll get all of these spurs coming up and you get loads more flowers. Actually, that's a question I wanted to ask you. How low to the ground should you cut your climbing rose? I've got one that comes up onto a trellis. You want to train it to a framework really because that'll mm. stop you having to bother to chop it down to the ground every single year which is a right old pain and you're constantly yes. losing flowers so if you look at a shrub rose and think about it as looking at your hand and your fingers or all of the sort of growth that are coming out from the ground so all of those growths try and get them sort of fanned out on your trellis or on your fence but try and get them sort of so they're leaning against your fence and going out as close to horizontal as you possibly can so, and then all you need to do is you have your framework, your fingers, if you like. So, and then all you do is you cut back all the side shoots to about six inches from those laterals. 
So it makes the job so much easier. And all of those laterals are supporting this year's rose flowers. So the only thing that you'll need to be cutting down to the ground later or at this time of year ever are just the old and the weak and the damaged and the dead growth down to the ground. So it makes the job quicker, it's easier, and you don't get this sort of sprawl of kind of very sort of lame-looking defoliage growth with all the flowers at the top. That's great to know because it, it is a problem, Rose. I've got a number of them and they all seem fine except for this one rose, which I might, possibly I put it in the wrong place, I don't know, but I'll have a look at trying to do that because every year it just looks a mess. This is a time of year when it needs to be, I think, tidied up so that this year, hopefully, when it does grow and flower, it looks prettier. <laughs> yeah, you need a framework. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to create this kind of fan shape, like the palm of your hand, but with obviously very long fingers. <laughs> and, um, and just try and get them as close to horizontal, the finger sections, as you possibly can. So that's the way to know. I've got a new rose that I'm going to put outside my front door. It's just arrived, bare root, delighted. <gasps> what did you get? Simple life the simple life because I like the really simple flower structures because I do have some really kind of tissuey doubles in the back garden I've got teasing Georgia and uh, Tess of the D'Urbervilles out the back and they're really sort of glamorous but I now my taste have changed since I planted those so I've got a really simple open almost like a wild dogwood rose because they're much better for pollinators and this is, is a whiter a rose with kind of an apricot centre, apricot orange, really, with its stamens. And all of the petals are white, just flushed a pink. And you think that pink and orange wouldn't go together, but they really, it looks really gorgeous. And if I don't like it, I'll just give it away <laughs> next year. <laughs> but it's a good time now to be getting all of your plant supports as well up. So if you are sort of wanting to get your climbers looking good, you need to make sure that they've got good structure to kind of climb up. So trellises, mm. wires, just check them all over so that you've got something to tie those climbers in where you want them. Otherwise, there will always be a straggly mess. You'll have to need them to do their own thing. You're the boss, Claire, I think, and all of I our know. listeners. Got to take That's charge, true. show them who's boss. So. <laughs> <laughs> And now's a good time to do it as well, because you can actually see, can't you? There's yeah. no foliage on them, so you can actually see the structure quite clearly. So if you can get out there, one of the lovely winter days that we have, not the revolting, freezing cold, yeah, yeah, yeah. wet, damp ones. Yeah, but... it's now wisteria time as well, you know. So February, that's the time to get your wisterias to prune back to. It's always February and July, but in February, you prune back all of those whippy growths to about two buds from the side shoot. So again, just like roses, you cut them really back to their sort of framework and then you will get lots more flowers from them as well. Now, I know we've been talking about cutting back, but if someone wants to grow some seeds now, there are a few seeds that can possibly be planted, aren't there? I mean, it's, it's early for a lot of things, but there are a few seeds that can be planted. Sweet peas, for one. I know we've, we've been going on a bit of a journey with these sweet peas, haven't we? Did you plant any more sweet peas around Christmas time? I did, the, I did it the day after Boxing Day. <laughs> Did you? Well done. Yeah, I know so you I've said you were going to. Lots. Yeah, I've got three lots now because so, I want to see if it actually does work. It's sort of sowing them in the autumn before. So I planted some, I think it was the end of September. I'd have to look at the labels. I always put the date I sow things on. So then I planted them. I, I wanted to plant them on Boxing Day, but just didn't get around to it. So I planted them on the 27th. <laughs> so Brilliant. I've now got, yes, I've got the lot that I planted, I think, at the end of September. 
and then I planted mm-hmm. some the day after Boxing Day, and then I'm going to plant some as well in about March, which is when seed sowing activity can be allowed to kind of just go wild and you can let yourself go a bit sort of seed sowing crazy. Because I really want to know if there's any truth in the matter that you get more flower if you sow earlier than the traditional March, as I've always done. It'll be really interesting to see. Mine are outside because they really, they get stronger and more robust in my little zippy greenhouse, if they do get a bit of cold to them. So they're not in the kitchen or anything like that. They're not getting mollycoddled. I'm growing them hard. It's amazing the things you can get up to in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a good experiment to do because I'm terrible. I always plant my sweet pea seeds too late. So it's been a brilliant experiment to try out. I didn't plant them at Christmas time. I forgot. So I might pop some in a pot in February and try and start them off a little bit earlier. But did you start yours outside or did you start them inside the Christmas ones? Well, they are. They're completely hardy. So it's the thing down to about minus five, if I remember rightly. So they're really quite butch. I started them outside, but then I got a bit impatient. So I brought them inside for about three days, just until I started to see them just peeking out. And I grow them in root trainers as well. But you can use loo rolls. So, and, um, and then I put them back outside again, because the more cold they get, the sort of better root systems they produce. And you want roots rather than sort of shoots, really. So, and the roots, when they go in the ground, they should just take off. So that's the idea behind that. Did you say that you planted in September? Yes, and I planted them in loo rolls all together in a big pot. So they were sort of side by side, held up together. And the loo rolls got a little bit mushy, but I popped, Mm. I think you gave me some advice to put some more compost on top. So I have done that. They're a little bit straggly, but they're they're still fine. Pinch them out. Pinch them out. Okay. So that you've got about two sets of, leaves or leaflets coming out and that will encourage them to branch and put them outside don't just if they're if they're not outside now just put them sort of outside during the day just to acclimatize them and then as soon as after about a week of in out in out just leave them and honestly they will do better for you if they get a bit of a cold snap to them Okay, yeah, they're in a cold frame, actually. So they, that's oh, where they right. started oh, their be life, fine. and that's Perfect. where they are. Mm. Yeah, what? if you don't have a cold frame, that's the thing to do. I'm going to plant some more as well, because I'm just super excited to see which are the best. Now, also, <laughs> you said, and I, I'm going to call you up on this as well, I think you said you were going to try and start tomato plants earlier as well. Yeah, I'm going to do it in February, definitely. So the only things that I have got so now, I, I did do a naughty thing, Claire. I bought myself a grow light. So I bought myself a little heated bottom propagator, so I get some bottom heat, and I bought a grow light as well. It was terribly cheap from Amazon. So I've already got some aubergines growing and some, um, what else have I got, some chilies, because I just wanted to have them, you know, a little bit earlier, because I don't have the luxury of a greenhouse. So I have done that, and my tomatoes, that's on my list for sowing now. And I'll give them a bit of bottom heat as well. And I'll put them under the grow light. <laughs> that's that brilliant. Emulates. So how long do you have to, do you have to keep the grow light on the whole time? Is, this is obviously inside, right? I turn inside, it off right? at night. I turn it off at night. Yeah. So I'm just trying to sort of copy the sunshine that you would get in a normal spring day. I've only just sown them. So I can't tell you it's been amazing. But I can't see how I can fail to lose with a bit of bottom heat and emulating natural sunshine above because I'm determined to have good aubergines 
Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, and I do think that being locked down like this, it's given us more time to experiment and grow. So, yeah, but I've got tons of seeds that I want to start sowing. But I'm, I'm actually just, and this is what I would advise any of our listeners to do, is organise yourself, write a list and stick to it. Because last year, I just sowed almost everything all at the same time and it was a nightmare. It's a bit <laughs> like that, though, isn't it? I find that in sort of March, April, there's a slight panic that I feel of like, I've got to get everything sown, I've got to get it all in. And then it kind of grows in my little sort of lean-to greenhouse. And then I don't have anywhere to put it to plant it on before it needs to go into the ground. It is good to plan and stage it, I suppose. Have it all in stages of when you're going to plant everything and when it will be ready. If you're tight for space. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like I was a, a potting on, sort of pricking out conveyor belt. It was... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I played far too much as well. So I'm trying to keep myself limited to what I can actually use in the garden. But I want to experiment with lots of other new sort of annuals. And what I've done is I've literally written a list about, this is how sad I am, of what I'm going to sow when. And I put them in order in, a, in my little seed tin, well, my big seed tin, if I'm honest. So, and I'm just going to stick to it because then I won't have like, <laughs> but, you know, 43 trays of seedlings that I need to prick out and sow onto the next size up. Yeah. So that's my plan, is to try and be a little bit more reserved with the numbers <laughs> and stagger them so I don't feel like it's a chore. Yes. Gardening should never yeah. feel like a chore, should it? No, and I think that's that's a nice thing to do, to spend February going through the seed catalogues or online and trying to work out something different to try this year and be a bit more organised about it, since we do have a bit more time at home now to, to pay attention to it. It is lethal, though, I have to say. What you got? <laughs> online and you're just thinking oh that looks nice I'll have some of that as well <laughs> that looks nice I'll have some of this so you end up with just you know a <laughs> parcel arriving on your doorstep yeah. so yeah you've got to watch yourself yeah. that is exciting though but yeah I try and I try and choose plants and vegetables particularly vegetables that you can't get in the supermarket or not as much of in the supermarket like bolotti beans and things like that which is too early to sow now but it's good to plan and have a, a think about you know slightly different things that it would be fun to grow in the garden that you can't necessarily get in the supermarkets yeah absolutely i've got kohlrabi so i plan to sow that i did plant some i tried to get a kind of late crop but the slugs got them so last year uh, so i'm definitely wanting to grow some kohlrabi this year not very many and I got, I got some tomato seed from America. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I really That's want, brilliant. I just really wanted to try some more, some more sort of different variety. And over in States, they just have a, such a huge range. I mean, there are, you know, there's Gardens Delight and, and, and Tumblr and all the lovely British tomatoes. But I just wanted to just try a little bit different. As you say, it's fun. Are there things like Black Beauty? They're all different sorts of, of amazing tomatoes because some of them, you cut them through and they're like colours of the rainbow. Reds, purples, yellows, oranges. They're really beautiful. I can't wait to, to show you. And I bet you I'm going to have some seed left over. So there'll be some seedlings coming your way. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, look forward to that. Yeah, but I've that got lovely. five different varieties. Some of them are like deep and black as well. So just really excited about them. So, and I've got cordons lovely. and bush and, and tumblers. So, you know, I think I have gone a bit over the top again with the seed. <laughs> but it just, you need something to look forward to, don't you? 
You do, you do. It's really lovely to plan this time of year when it's miserable outside to, you know, to look forward to what you're going to be growing and all the lovely things you're going to be creating. I mean, things like, you know, edible flowers. It's something I want to try. Mm. I, I grow a few, but, but try a few more edible flowers this year. Have a bit of fun with it. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's really delicious. And my boys know they're not very keen gardeners, that's for sure, but they do like, sort of know that they can eat the flowers from Hemerocallis. And, and, and when I see them sort of scrumping off the quiet, I, I do rather like it. It's nice that they know, you know that they can eat some unusual things as well. I think when they were younger, it was a lark to be able to do it. And they'd impress their friends by just going straight up to a day lily and just eating its head off you know? <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> but it is fun I've got some more raspberries coming as well I'm just going to have a, just a bit more fruit as well this year and loganberries as well coming mm. so because I know you're mad keen on your soft fruit aren't you I am although I'm thinking about I have six red currant bushes actually I started off with four and then they sort of sprouted up again. I think a branch went into the ground and then it, it, it sort of started to grow some roots and created another couple. Yeah, of it's a really good way to get so, plants for free. Because I think I have a few more in pots as well. So if you want a red currant bush, I have a few spare. But I think I might have to move a few and I'm wondering if I should do it now whilst they're still dormant, I suppose, because I need a bit more space where they are. Would that be a good thing to do? Yeah, it's a super good time of year to move anything, really. So, you know, perennials as well that have got too big that you need to dig up to lift them, divide them, chop them in half, give some to your neighbours, perhaps fill a gap. Exactly the same with your soft fruit because all of our plants are dormant at the moment. So you're kind of not really disturbing them too much. So if you kind of lift them from their bed and then tuck them back under the duvet of the earth again in a different position, you know, you're really not going to wake them up and you get your plants where you want them, which is always important. Yes, I think that's that's also the thing this time of year. You can look at your garden and it's, it's a bit barer. And you can see through it because the foliage isn't there. And have a think about, oh, are you happy with where things are? If you want to shift things about a bit, now's the time to do that as well, isn't it? Yeah, I always think in January and February, like, I've spent like, loads of time just inside thinking and imagining about how the garden's going to look this summer. And I think through this really tough period of time, it's just sort of given me so much pleasure. And this year, more than any other year, I am organised. I've got all my seed trays. I've got my mini propagators. I've even got a grow light, as I just told you. Mm. And all my seeds are organised. So I feel like I'm set to go, you know. So, And it's really lovely to think, oh, good, you know, I've got that under control. And if I lavish that attention now, then my garden is going to reward me with spectacular flower actually really rather soon. I do wonder after last year and what we all went through with lockdown and a lot of people turned to gardening for their mental health, their physical health, just to see things growing. It, it just, well, it definitely helped me get through that first lockdown. And now who knows what's going to happen later this year. But as we're starting this year, we're in this third lockdown. Maybe more people are going to think about gardening again, turning to gardening to help them through it. So hopefully this will be something they can continue as the year goes on to help us through this difficult patch oh i honestly couldn't agree more i really couldn't i like you it's really helped me you can't see your friends you can't see your family but you can see your flowers and you get all of that emotional response of scent and 
all the senses are just kind of overwhelmed in the high summer. And like I said, it, I just love the thought that friends and family up and down the country and across the world, we're all looking at the same flowers, but in our own gardens and it brings us together. And it's magic, really. Everyday magic. I just, I just adore it. It's a special thing. And even though we're apart, our gardens are linking us across an international pandemic. It's just a beautiful thing and the garden is just carrying on regardless. Yeah, it's there, isn't it? You might as well use it and make the most out of it. And if it helps us feel good, then all the better. Absolutely. Vitamin D all the way, every day. Well, Amory, it's been really lovely chatting to you again and catching up. And I'm sorry we can't see each other in person, but maybe in March we might be able to. Fingers crossed. Save me a red currant bush, won't you? Oh, I will. Yes, if you need to. I two. want it. <laughs> there yeah, yours. I want one. My garden's small. But yeah, save me a red currant bush, please, Claire. I'd love that. And I'll save you some American tomatoes. Oh, yes, that sounds like a brilliant switch. Thank you very much. Well, (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Growing Together. If you have any questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. So you can contact us either on email, which is team at shineradio.uk, or you can call us on 01730 555 500. And we'll be back again in March. together with Anne-Marie and Claire. New every month and only from Petersfield's Shine Radio. We need to have a plan. Stay at home and make it shine. You've got it. Great lockdown <laughs> listening from Petersfield's Shine Radio. It's about staying as local as we can and helping as many people in the community as we can. Joff <laughs> continues his bromance with John Walker from the Petersfield Post. Yeah. You do look lovely. Very much, John. You're the only person I see every week. Motivation is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Hello, my name is Matthew. I'm from Class 1G at Church's College, and this is a song I spent hours listening to in lockdown. I was walking past College Street and saw the phone box. So I had an idea that I'd start a little bookshop. It's really just come in and help yourself. We've got lovely Lucy with us and Harrison, who's playing with some knobs. The real pleasure is in the bass. Bass Stupendously crunchy. I'm feeling quite patient about the whole thing. Stay at home and make it shine. Slightly intimidated by being told so precisely what to do. Great lockdown listening from Petersfield's Shine Radio. Mm-hmm.